Episode 332, Global from Asia. We are talking with Alibaba about Tmall and Chinese e-commerce cross-border. A little bit of Taobao too. Let's tune in. Welcome to the Global from Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight-up, actionable advice. And now, your host, Michael Michelini. We survived elections, uh, at least, you know, I'm recording this a few days before we go live in, you know, I think no matter what, I mean, whatever president, you know, e-commerce, online business is going to be booming. You know, I think so many people have been talking to me about getting into e-commerce, a product they've been wanting to do, a business they've been wanting to do, their offline business they want to bring online. So today's show, I think you'll enjoy. I'm really happy to have somebody from Alibaba sharing with us, Sharon Guy. She is... Uh, working with key accounts, working with foreign businesses, foreign brands coming into China. And she gives us some insights for small to medium to large size businesses, different strategies, things I've I've learned a few things, also ways without even having to put a huge deposit down and ways to do it, um, all different kinds of styles. So I really enjoyed this. We did this live. We also had Catherine in our community at GFA VIP helping out on the show. We had some others talking and we had networking after so i do hope everybody enjoys this session we have this in of course audio format this is video i'm doing my if you're watching this on video you can see my talking head i don't know if you prefer that but we started audio but we are upgrading to live and video as well so without further ado let's get into sharon guy from alibaba talking about some strategies and tactics to get into the chinese market cross-border into china Thank you to our new GFAVIP.com members. We've been getting people applying and joining. Thank you so much. We want to provide value to everybody on the internet, everybody in the world to get information to you. But if you want even more access to our community, to our network, to me and to others, we would love to talk to you. Sign up at GFAVIP.com, application only. All right. Thank you, everybody. Welcome to our live stream and our members networking session this is uh we've been preparing for uh, quite a few days now so i'm really excited for today's session we have with us sharon guy from alibaba talking about tmall she's a director of key accounts thanks for thanks for joining us today sharon yeah of course it's a pleasure thanks for the invitation yeah it's gonna be great and we have Catherine helping us out she's in our community she's based in in london so thanks thanks also Catherine. hello all right. So we have a lot a lot to talk about today. So the format we're we're going right into this is stage mode for those watching. So this is going to be our main session of uh, knowledge sharing and then we'll have some questions and answers and then we'll go into this networking mode. So it'll be an action-packed session today. So um so Sharon, you're in Hangzhou, right? The ca the capital of Alibaba capital <laughs> the capital yes we we yes we call this our headquarters, headquarters. Um, i'm on Xi campus it's beside it's named after Shishi wetlands which is a swamp um oh. that the Hunter government discovered and turned into a very beautiful now i believe it's a five it's rated as a 5a tourist um um like a, like a place of natural scenery um yeah yeah, yeah. Cool. That's where our agent is. And you've you've been with 
Alibaba for a few years. You worked also before being director of key accounts. You were working with the catalog department, which in the fast-moving consumer group, which is pretty pretty cool. So you must have seen quite a lot happening at at the company. I have. Um, I've been very fortunate to be in a role where I can see across the platform into many um, different brands and to listen to many different brands and to talk to many different brands from China and also from abroad um, about their plans and what they think about Chinese e-commerce. So um, I've seen a good spectrum of the type of companies that are out here, um, the, the, the brands that are eyeing the Chinese market also. Um, I've, I've heard some of their trials and tribulations, also a lot of failures too, um, about how, how brands wanted to come into the Chinese market, but found it to be very difficult. So, um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's great to have your insights. So I think a lot of times people think Alibaba, they think of the B2B platform for finding factories and suppliers, but you know, obviously there's so much more. And today we're talking about Tmall primarily, and like you said, the Chinese e-commerce market. Um, when when did when did that get started? About you know how how did how did that get all into? Because uh, it did start as a directory, which people know, but then I think in two thousand three, if I'm correct, or yeah. So so that was the birth year of Taobao. Um, so the history of Ali, um, if you, we want to go into that a bit, just to provide some context for everyone, um, because it's actually quite a, quite a mystery for, for a lot of people who don't um, know so much about the company. Um, so Alibaba.com is the very first product, a very the very first um business-facing product that Alibaba started out with. And that was started in 1999 by Jack Ma. Um, so it was originally meant to be a yellow pages for factories, for specifically factories in China, to just bring them online. Um, the, the myth or legend goes that Jack one time was in, um, in the States. Um, I think he was in I think he was in San Francisco or Seattle. He was definitely on the West Coast, and um, that was when somebody showed him the quote-unquote internet for the first time in the format of a GUI. Um, and uh, he searched everything. He searched Europe, he searched the United States, um, and then he searched China, and then nothing came up. Um, and then uh, that's when he realized, wow, my entire country is not online. Um, and that's when he discovered that entire business opportunity. Um, so his first step, so Alibaba Group 1.0 is really just to bring China online and to connect China to the world. Um, so he did that through Alibaba.com. Um, okay. That eventually became our 2B business unit that carried on to the uh, carried through the company for for a very long time, and it became its major source of profit. Um, and from there, um, uh, Taobao grew. Uh, in 2003, um, so that was the birth of the first customer, uh, so consumer-facing marketplace. So that was our first um, C2C marketplace, um, where anyone uh, in China could list a product. So it was sort of like the Craigslist uh, back in the day, um, and then from there, um, I believe it was 2000 and six, I might have my ears wrong, that Tmall was so, so this is all, by the way, on, on, on Google and on all yeah, the Yeah, I understand. 
Yeah. So it was first called Taobao Shangcheng, uh, which mm. is like a Taobao mall. And then um, that was how the word Tea Mall came to be. So Taobao Mall, short, mm. shortened itself to Tea Mall. Okay. Great. Thanks. Thanks for that overview. I really appreciate that. And um, so, so for it, you know, like let's talk about the Chinese consumer a little bit. I mean, I, you talked to a lot of foreign brands. I have a lot of people always wanted to enter the Chinese market. You know, they see the they see the huge numbers. They see the opportunity. Um, you know, what what do you usually what kind of things do you usually say is the advantages for a foreign brand in in China, or what what kind of categories? The advantages of a foreign brand in China. Um, so I think from 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 a very uh, long time ago that I think the Chinese consumer market really was um, um, they appreciated foreign goods. Um, they appreciated things that were made out of China because it felt very authentic. And um, sometimes, if it was a food product, the ingredients are better. The ingredients are fresher. Um, so you hear a lot of that. I think that was more more so the trend back in maybe. Um, uh, five to ten years ago. Now, in the year of 2020, you see a lot more um, Chinese people saying "made in," being proud of "made in China" and buying Chinese manufactured goods. But that isn't to say that foreign goods and imported goods is disappearing by any means. In fact, um, import into China is definitely increasing um, year over year. Um, so if we're talking about the platform of Tmall Global, um, which is the B2C e-commerce platform that imports all of these foreign goods, um, some of our top categories are beauty, um, specifically in cosmetics and skincare, uh, food is a huge one, health supplements is a huge one, um, electronics, home goods, fashion we do uh, a little bit because uh, some of the luxury brands or luxury items um, are known to be a lot more authentic um, because Tmall Global focuses heavily on what uh, we call suyuan, which is um, buying from the source or imprint, importing from the source. Um, to the point where they will follow uh, the journey of a product from its manufacturer, uh, from the factories of Italy, if it's a leather good, for instance, and uh, follow its journey all the way um, for the product to board the plane and uh, go through all the logistics um, pieces and into China. Um, so, uh, but I would say Tmall Global is definitely very, very heavily focused on on beauty brands, beauty, be, or I guess that we can label that as personal goods. Personal goods. All right. <laughs> All right. Catherine, do you have anything you'd like to add? Or yeah, yeah. I think some of the things a lot of SME brands would like to know is we. I think it's general knowledge the cost of acquisition of new customer in China is generally quite high compared to other platforms in the Western world. So what kind of budget or what size of the SM need to be in order to start selling and tapping to that market? Um, there, yeah, so there's not um, a specific number that we ever recommend to our brands. 
um, we if 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 we're to ballpark a figure of a percentage of the budget to spend on marketing and whatnot, we'd say uh, at least a fifteen to twenty percent. If you are serious about growing the Chinese market, and if you're here to stay, um, a lot of brands have uh, bought tested here and there uh, pieces of the e-commerce platform uh, through another. Um, um, another method of entering the, the Chinese market called Taobao Global versus Tmall Global. Mm. So Taobao Global is another uh, business unit. It's more, it's more run under the Taobao uh, business unit and you're a lot freer as a brand to start a Taobao Global account and to start selling and start importing into China where it's not as um, a heavy investment like t opening a Tmall Global flagship store where it takes a lot of planning, um, hiring of TPs, um, and really having a solid three to five year plan of growing out that brand um, in the Chinese market. So there's various different ways of, of entering um, China. Mm -hmm. It seems like the recommended approach is Tao. The terms can get very confusing um, because there's a lot of, um, because we have Tmall Global, then we have Tmall International, and then we have Tmall World. So it gets very confusing sometimes for all the brands. And then there's Taobao, and then you put Taobao Global in the mix. Um, sometimes it's quite confusing for, for, for brands to, to hear all of that and decipher um, which is which. Got it. Got it. So, yeah, let, let's talk about getting onto the platform. Um, there is, there is, um, there are fees or deposits for Tmall. Uh, and now I'm actually taking notes. I didn't even know until you just said Taobao Global. But um, you know, what are what are some of the normal? I mean, similar question, but maybe numbers of deposits or usually is it a Hong Kong company? Is it a U.S. company that has? that has the cross border and then the payments and then a deposit. Maybe we just talk a little bit about the technical part. Sure. Um, you can be any, if you want to enter uh, Tmall Global, you can be any um, entity. You don't have to be a specific type of entity. That's the okay. enable you to um, enter it that way. I have a bit of an echo on mine. I'm not sure yeah, I'm noticing an echo on mine too. Well, that's okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, so you, uh, so there's a one-time deposit, uh, between 30 to 15,000 RMB. Um, and this is a deposit, uh, for the brand, uh, to, um, sell a certain, term, a certain amount of GMV. Um, after you've reached that certain amount of GMV, if you, if you were ever to close the store, this deposit will go back to you. So this is just a, a sort of like a peg. Um, to, to as a commitment to the platform that you pay. Um, and then there is uh, an annual fee that's around 30 to 60,000 RMB, and that is an annual fee that uh, one does have to pay. Um, and then there's a com what we call a commission on top of the, uh, for the platform. So that's usually one to 5%, depending on your category. Uh, so some categories are a bit lower, some categories are a bit higher. Um, but the maximum is 5% there. And then there is the Alipay transaction cost. So uh, because Alipay is the underlying uh, financial institution that's running all of these um, transactions, uh, there's, a, there's a platform fee 
uh, given to Alipay in the course of all of those transactions. Got it. And then, yeah, and that's not counting your um, TP fees. If ever you were to hire a TP to manage your brand, um, but I would say a good, a, a good uh, twenty to thirty percent uh, should be budgeted out um, just uh, to pay for platform fees and and whatnot. Okay, so TP. I just want to make sure. Even I don't know what that is. I guess so. Maybe. I'll admit I don't know, but maybe for others I don't know. I'll just admit I'm a <laughs> tout team or partner. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's totally correct. Um, stands for a team partner, and its sole job is to represent uh, team all. Um, and know all of the rules about Tmalls because Tmall will 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 change its rules quite often. To be very honest, and that's one of the things that we've noticed that um, it is a bit difficult for a foreign brand to uh, get accustomed to because the rules are constantly changing. But because the TP is usually located in China, it, they are very on top of all of the changes and rules and whatnot. Um, so there are, I think. By now, there are definitely in the tens of thousands of TPs in China, um, each having their own niche. So some TPs will only want to have food clients. Some TPs will only want to have beauty clients. Some will only want to have fashion clients. So like all of these TPs have their own sort of niche. Um, also, some TPs are very, very good with working with very, very large brands like the Adidas and Nike and Microsoft and whatnot. So in that world, uh, there's a very famous one called Baozun. Um, it's now a publicly listed company. Um, on the New York Stock Exchange, um, and they've been a pretty. They're, they're they employ a couple thousand of people by now, and they work with the the top brands that you would the largest sellers um, on Tmall. Um, so they've had a wealth and a, and a huge breadth of different clients uh, throughout the years. And then, but um, if you're a brand to enter China, you might not always want to work with somebody like Baozun because because they're so big and because they're so um, formal or structured um, and pricing varies. So there's also a lot of very fast and nimble startup-y type of TPs. And that sometimes is a, a sweet spot for some brands to work with. Um, so, um, uh, so it so so some of these some of those TPs are good with working with a bit of a smaller brand. Um, but to ulti ultimately finding the TP and sort of interviewing the TP and matchmaking with the TP, it's a it's a process. So we normally recommend every brand that wants to enter China to to meet at least three to five TPs to get a good sense of what is out there, what type of clients they've done, um, because they are truly very very different. I understand. Well, thanks, thanks for this, and sorry for the echo. I, I could feel it, but uh, I think it's gone by but, now. But uh, for the TP, this is really in, in um, insightful for I think myself and others. I think a lot of us think we're on our own when we go in. We pay the you know like the deposit yeah. or the fees, and then we have. So I think the TP are they? I mean, there's quite a lot to do, right? For cross border, there's the translation and the listings and then the customer mm -hmm. service is mm -hmm. that's what they would do normally mm -hmm. yep. 
all of that. So they basically outsource the entire uh, workload, the entire workload. And you can give the TP and you can have the TP do however much you as a client uh, want them to take on. Some TPs will even become your distributor in China. So they'll ask for that right or you can negotiate that right to uh, with them. Uh, some TPs will refuse to uh, take any take in any stock because they don't want that um, capital investment. Um, so again, it just depends on the the, T, the actual TP that you're working with and the business model that they're most comfortable with. Okay. Um, but yeah, so what they would take on is um, looking at everything from. Um, uh, market research for your brand, seeing if the if your brand has any type of uh, competitive advantage in the market, coming out with a marketing plan for the brand, uh, coming out with positioning, pricing, um, and then going into the actual store operations. So opening the store, they might also be the person to um, facilitate the entire uh, opening the store process, so delivering, uh, so accumulating all of the documents that you need, paying the actual fees, um, they can outsource all of that for you. Awesome! This is great. So let's. Um, there's a question from Zach in the in the in session. He's asking about supplements. You know, I think that is a very popular one, but I know supplements are very competitive everywhere in the world. Uh, of course, they can be very profitable, uh, and they're also a little bit difficult sometimes to import um, into the country, any country. Uh, I, that could probably be a whole show of itself, but you know, you mentioned, I think you just even say supplements. So uh, mm -hmm. maybe you would find a TP partner to work that specializes in supplements and work with them or what would maybe, um, what would your input be for that? Uh, what are the the the, the requirements for something? I'm not exactly a supplement expert, to be honest. Um, yeah, I know it's a difficult, specific one. Yeah, it's okay. The, um, but anything that has to do with um, a product to be ingested in China is quite um, uh, is quite strict with um, regulations. Uh, so anything in the food category. Um, if you are selling any type of food into China, you do have to have a Chinese translate, translated label clearly identifying all of the ingredients um, in that particular product. And it is uh, probably similar for, uh, for supplements. Um, but when you are listing your product in Tmall Global, there is a, there's, there's a huge um, list or a page of all of the required documents and uh, licenses that you need. Um, okay. To, to open the store, to begin selling the product. Got it. Got it. Um, so let me just, you know, I like to kind of uh, just go higher level. So let's just recap a little bit. So say I'm in the U.S. Uh, and I have a product maybe Chinese are buying and want to buy, or at least I think they want to buy. And I can open up a Tmall Global. I put the deposit, open the account. I'd find a TP partner before I would do that kind of things or, um, and yeah. then, uh, and then would, they would help me hopefully with as much as possible. And, and then I would launch the product, you know, of course this is probably going to take six months or so at least I, I might, I'm just working here. Mm -hmm, the, mm -hmm. um, yeah. The timeline really varies. Um, 
I think the fastest activation we have seen is a month or around a month to, to open wow. the store and for to decide to, to turn everything on. But it could uh, last up to a, a year also, or perhaps two years. It just depends on the mothership and um, some of the larger brands that we deal with take a long time to uh, okay everything um, for, for the go switch to be turned on. So t in terms of timeline, it depends on the ultimate decision maker of that brand, I suppose. Um, uh, but before you open the store, definitely find the TP before you open the, the store. Okay. That is, That's uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's talk about some success cases. You know, one month sounds like amazing. Uh, let me think. Uh, can you, do you have one on, that you can give us? Maybe you don't have to reveal their name or if you can, just some insights of one that's done it like in a good way that you would, we could learn from. Some brands that's done pretty well. Um, uh, I don't know if you know these brands, um, but there are um, maybe maybe Catherine will know them because it's, it's more in the beauty category, like um, yeah. Black, Super Duke, Beauty, um, Beauty. Um, Beauty, I think, is also a, um, like a huge success case on Amazon too. What's it? Radha Beauty. Radha. They, they sell a lot of Radha Beauty, like R-A-D-H-A Beauty. Um, they um, they do a lot of oils, like vitamin vitamin C oil serums um, and things. They they do a lot of ingredients based beauty products. Um, DCM, the abnormal company from Canada, if you know them. Um, Oatly, Oatly might be a brand that. Um, okay. No. Um, Charlotte Tilbury is a cosmetics um, yeah. company. Omnipork is a pretty interesting one that came out last year. Um, so Omnipork is similar to Beyond Meat or Impossible Food. So they are mm -hmm. plant-based. Yeah. Okay. So that is a trend that we're seeing in the food market, um, plant-based products um, that uh, made its debut via Tmall Global last year. Um, so, yeah. So well, these, oops, sorry. Mm -hmm. oh, I guess so these, some insights of what they would do or what you think was the key to their success in China or that would be pretty awesome to yeah. know. Yeah. I think these brands were just very good at identifying their unique selling point and um, being and coming into the market that is already very, very saturated. So if we compare um, the consumer market from the China to the, to the U.S., for instance, even if you go into a supermarket, um, because uh, I used to live in New York, so I kind of had an idea of all of the type of products that are existing out there versus everything that exists in China and the number of products and iterations and crossover products that is existing in China. It's just a lot more SKUs out here than it is in the States, um, which means that in almost every single product category, everything is very, very saturated. So it's, very, it's a very competitive uh, consumer space here. But these foreign brands were able to make a splash because they discovered uh, a, a unique selling point about themselves. 
Um, and they're also very good at branding and visual branding uh, to really capture the attention of, of a lot of these Chinese consumers. Because all of these brands that I said, um, I think some of them entered offline first, but most of them only uh, did online. So they only did Tmall Global. Um, and then they gradually, as soon as their online sales increased, went into an offline retailer. So that's usually the reverse of how a brand develops. So most brands most always um, grow their sales offline and then enter the online space because e-commerce is a lot um, awesome. after I thought. But for some of these brands, it was the reverse. Um, yeah. Okay. There's a question from Diane. I should have, it kind of does seem to make sense. How do you find a TP or how, you know, you said three to five. I mean, what would be some ways? Is it on, on the sites or on your, uh, talk to somebody at Tmall or? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. You can definitely talk to me. Uh -huh. I know a lot of them. Um, and I'm very easy to find. Yeah. Yeah. Sure um, yeah, so uh, I know a lot of TPs, uh, but also on Google, you can just Google Tmall Global TP. You'll come to a website that should list all of them. Okay. I have awesome, and we'll have some networking. You, you're we'll have. Oh, go ahead, Catherine. Catherine, your turn. Yeah, one of one of the contacts I have, she has also cosmetic brands, but a lot of the cosmetics brands now in UK are vegan friendly. So, so animal cruelty friendly, which means they don't want to be tested on animal. But I understand mm. that for beauty category entering into the Chinese market, they need to go through that process, product testing, mm. which someone is involved in animal testing. So how do these future brands going to enter the Chinese market in the cosmetic space? Um, so that is the big, big differentiation between Tmall Global and Tmall. So on Tmall, you have to test everything. So everything that's selling on Tmall.com is basically imported into China. It had to uh, clear the, 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 the borders, um, the rules and regulations with what you can import, what type of ingredient you can import is very strictly um, uh, looked at by the customs um, people. Um, and importing into China can take a while. Um, to get all of those certifications done and to get all the uh, clearances done. So that's all sold on tmall.com. And that's why I suppose beauty is a very big category on Tmall Global. Because uh, in the Tmall Global beauty category, we don't require um, beauty brands to be tested on animals um, because uh, it's, a, it's a regulation that the, the platform has because it's sourced from... Um, that particular country, and it's a, I guess it's it's um it's also a regulation that the um, import export team in Ch in the Chinese government set for us um, to have that leeway. Great, that's, really that's cool. great. That's really nice to know. Yeah, this has been really uh, insightful. And uh, let's go the other way, like the ones that uh, didn't do so well, that you know maybe had high hopes or or maybe you see, you must deal with a lot of brands and of course we want everyone to succeed, but what are some trends you maybe see the ones they either, either failed or spent a lot more time or money that, than they needed to? Like mm -hmm. what um, I've seen a lot of fashion brands um, come and then left uh, the China market. Uh, I think 
uh, Forever 21, if I'm not mistaken, had opened and then closed. And then uh, was it Old Navy that came and also um, left? Um, and their, their stores were, um, they hung around for a couple of years um, before they gave up and, and left the market. Um, and in those instances, I think they, they just, uh, it was, the category was probably um, the toughest piece. Um, so you have to find as a brand the niche part about the brand and and really know the Chinese market to know if it will if it can compete or not locally um, and if uh, if your branding is strong enough that um, it'll resonate with a with a Chinese consumer uh, when those two pieces are not there so if you're not a very niche or a unique product nor are you very good at branding or storytelling that's when the two biggest pieces that will make you a success is it will it, it will be very difficult for you to survive okay yeah I, I think to carry on from that or at least maybe you can say, correct me if I'm wrong but a lot of people say people come to China and they see a billion customers and they target all a billion customers, right? But you're saying like niche mm -hmm. down, focus on a segment, mm -hmm. like you know, even a small, small niche, you know, in China or is huge. And we say the same in Amazon or overseas too. So um, what are some ways people could test their product, you know, before they make these investments or, or, or no, maybe, I think sometimes Chinese try to buy from their overseas website, right? They see Chinese either going to the stores or um, or buying, um, you know, from uh, their overseas websites. Is that what are some ways people could know that they have something before they dive in too much? Mm -hmm. um, so Taobao Global, the way that I said before, is a pretty low cost and uh, way to test the market. Um, right. There's uh, also another. Uh, app called Little Red Book, Xiaohongshu um, in China. It's a, it's a very um, brand friendly app. Um, it's quite low cost to test out your products there. Um, and another really good way is to find some KOLs or KOCs in the Chinese market and give the product to them because these KOLs and KOCs deal with a mass amount of brands on a day-to-day -day basis. And so they themselves are a wealth of information and wealth of uh, knowledge as to what their fans will like. And all of them have a couple thousand, hundred thousand, a couple millions of fans. And so they're sort of a good... Um, gateway to to instantly let you know um, if this might work or might not work. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so there's one more question. I think we're going to go into the networking tables. Uh, people can get to talk to you more directly. There's some people here that have questions. Um, Diane's asking about before after pictures. I guess she's working on a cosmetic on a cosmetic brand, and uh, so you know, there's is that a, a possible to do in Tmall or is there? Break rules against that or for that? A cosmetics brand? Yeah, of course, of course. Um, mm -hmm. And you can choose to do Tmall Global or Tmall. Okay, uh, I guess, well, sorry if I, there's like, she has like a before picture and an after picture. Is that is that okay to do there, she's asking? Oh, you mean when you're uh, visualizing the brand? Oh yeah, of course, of course. That's, okay. that's definitely with me. Okay, mm -hmm. great. Uh, I see a couple more chats coming in. 
uh, skincare. Sorry about that. Not cosmetic skincare. <laughs> I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm uh, I'm uh, trying my best here. Um, okay. I think, well, what's the best way, Sharon? We're going to have some networking time for those that are on the live session. This will be also, of course, a recording for those listening in the future. Um, we can link it up on the show notes. What What are some ways people could uh, could get started, you know, connecting with you or, or Tmall? Um for this for this yeah this i think for me linkedin is definitely uh the, the easiest way to reach me okay. um if you just type in my full name i should okay. be there should be there should not be another sharon guy yet <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, we'll put it also on the show notes too so people can find that all right sharon um any other last things you want to add to the to our main like knowledge sharing session before we jump into the tables um, I, uh, not so much. I, I guess just, um, um, I think ch the Chinese market is definitely a very interesting one to explore. It's, it's also one, I think if you're an entrepreneur or a brand builder, it's just a interesting one to learn, even mm -hmm. if, uh, it fails or it goes nowhere. Um, it's just a good market to know if you're working in the consumer, um, space, um, but everybody, of course, to each their own and to each their own uh, path that, you know, every brand wants to pick. Um, but it's, it, it is the world's largest consumer market. Yeah, go ahead, Catherine. So in terms of company structure setup, Mike was asking that before. You, you can set up a company in Hong Kong and then sell on the Timor platform. Do you have to then set up another company in the mainland China? No, you don't. In order to no. do brand registration, etc. Because I know no. some so, of the So that's again the biggest difference between Tmall Global and Tmall. So if you want to do Tmall, then you have to. You do have to have a Chinese company. Uh, you have to be registered, your brand has to be registered here, or some version of your brand has to be registered here. Um, your good, The goods have to be already located in China, so your warehouse has to be also in China because Tmall.com is a local-to-local -local play. It's a local-to-local -local platform versus Tmall Global is uh, your good can technically sit anywhere in the world, and Tmall Global will have different ways to uh, import it uh, into China. It can sit in Hong Kong, which is very close uh, to mainland, or it can sit in your home country in the US or Europe. Um, there's there's a ton of different solutions that uh, Tmall Global um, has enabled throughout the years for, for, for the flexibility um, of foreign brands to work with this platform. Okay, awesome. Great. great. Yeah, thanks so much, Sharon. Really, I think a lot of people got a lot from this today. And uh, so we have a little bit more time for the tables section. And uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in live in the recording. So um, for if, so, just we're going to flip to the table mode, okay, everybody? Do you enjoy the show? We would love feedback from you, iTunes reviews, YouTube, subscribing, sharing. If you're on our Chinese social media, subscribe there. Let us know what you think. We're trying different formats. We're doing these in the mornings and the evenings. Seems like people prefer the live recording in the evening, Asia time. We are global from Asia, but we have people from the US and in Europe tuning in. The feedback is appreciated and I really hope you enjoy the show. Thank you.
Thank you, Sharon. It's really awesome. I really happy you share with us. And she's uh, realizing there's a lot that we need to learn. You know, I, I maybe we'll get her back on the show. She has so much information to share, and I was, I'm really happy you had somebody at Alibaba helping with us to get this information to you. I hope everybody's enjoying. Subscribe, like, you know, iTunes reviews, YouTube. Uh, we are in uh, every kind of channel now. We're in Chinese channels and English channels. We want to get this knowledge as far as wide. If you tuned in on a live show, thank you so much for tuning in live. We're streaming this on Facebook too. We're trying to upgrade the show and help more people because, uh, you know, unfortunately the Chinese market has always been a really challenging thing and high high barriers to entry, high costs. So we do hope this show has helped you and we would love to hear how this has helped you get to the next level in your business. And I think it's always about taking, you know, incremental steps writing down a list of things you need to do, who we need to talk to. We have people in this community. Sharon looks very helpful too. She's just signed up with us too. So that's really great. We want to help people and we want to get this out there. I'd love to know how this has worked for you. You can shoot us an email, blog at globalformasia.com or, or to me, mike at globalformasia.com. And we want to hear from you. Without further ado, take action, make it happen. I really appreciate you making it all the way through to this ending of the show, whether you're watching this on video or listening to this in uh, our audio. Thank you. Have a great day. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.